Now the John Lewis advert, uh, Christmas advert, is now as much part of the British festive tradition as the Queen's speech, uh, bad jumpers, and uh, the Christmas number one, and uh, overcooked turkey, I guess. Uh, the advert this year is called The Boy and the Piano, featuring Elton and John. Uh, but unlike previous years, uh, the advert everyone is talking about uh, is not the John Lewis advert. Uh, in fact, it's not even an advert at all. Uh, what everyone has been talking about this year is that two-minute film uh, called Love is a Gift. Uh, it's gone viral. It's been seen by many people online. Uh, if you haven't seen it, the film features uh, a lonely young man. Uh, he's counting down the days to Christmas. And as the day arrives, uh, he sits on the table and he opens his gift. And the gift, we find out, is a cassette tape. I don't know if anybody remembers those, right? It's a cassette tape uh, that his mom had made for him before she died. And we discover in the course of watching this little film that she had recorded several tapes for him to listen to every Christmas. And as he listens to the tape, we can see that he's shedding tears. Uh, why is he crying? Well, he's crying because this is the last tap that his mother had made. And so the film plays to the end, and at the end we have that tagline at the end of the film which says, Love is a gift that lasts forever. Merry Christmas. Uh, the film is famous, and we are touched by the film because it reminds us of the importance of love. As we watch that, we realize uh, that we should never take for granted the love we receive, especially from family members. There are many people, even as we sit here this evening, that are spending Christmas alone. So the fact that some of us have family and friends to spend Christmas with is something we should value. And the film communicates that powerfully. But as I thought about the film, I realized actually that the tagline in the film at the end is actually wrong, though. Uh, human love, if we are honest, does not last forever. And this is the problem. Uh, all forms of human love ultimately come up empty. Uh, your wife and children love you, and that's great, but not without strings attached. Uh, they expect you to behave decently, uh, or they'll withdraw their affection from you if you don't stay in line. But even if people are willing to put up with us forever, uh, in the end, as that film shows, people die, don't they? And all we are left with are the memories of that, that wonderful relationship we had from them. Now, some people say the key to love is to love yourself. I find that very interesting because all of us have tried that, I think. And we love ourselves every day. Uh, we really do. Uh, but it's never enough. We know that. Loving ourselves is never enough. So as I thought about this, I realized that in some sense we are stuck when it comes to love. We long for lasting love but we cannot find it in people, or we can't, we can't even find it in ourselves. So where do we go to find the love that never fails? Well, the good news of Christmas is that the love we are looking for has actually come looking for us. Uh, it came that first Christmas wrapped in the face of baby Jesus. Uh, the Bible says Jesus is God's gift of love to you and I. Here is how John, one of the followers of Jesus, summarizes God's love for us in the passage that Sister Verity read for us. First John chapter 4, verse 9 to 10. 
In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. The Bible is saying there that God loves you. God loves us. And he has demonstrated this love to us by sending Jesus as a gift of love so that we can have life with God. Now, different words mean different things to different people. So if I said Donald Trump, someone may think what? Strong leader, right? So if I said his name, you may think strong leader. Another person may think incompetent. So I'll let you take your pick. So, but the thing is, different words mean different things to different people. So when it comes to God loving us, we have to ask, what does that mean? Well, the word for love in the Bible is agape. It means God loves you without strings attached, without preconditions. Now, our usual experience of love is like the story of a young girl who gave her boyfriend a picture of herself. On, on the back of the picture, she wrote him a short note. I love you more than life itself. I am yours forever. Love always, Janet. And then at the bottom, she writes, P.S. If we ever break up, I want this picture back. It's the only one I have. God's love is not like Janet's love. God is love. Love is not something God does. Love is who God is. How do we know this? Well, we know this because the true God of the Bible is a relationship at the core. Now, some people think that God created the universe because he was lonely. And he created people because he was looking for love. Uh, The idea of God is the stuff we read on dating apps and websites. Single God, non-smoker, Six attractive creation with a good sense of humor. No, that's not the God of the Bible. The God of the Bible is the opposite. Because you see, God has never been lonely because the true God of the Bible is an eternal relationship of three persons in one. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And here is the key. The love is the glue that holds these three persons of the Trinity in perfect union. The true God is a relationship bound by love. The inner life of God is a life of self-giving eternal love. So God created us not because he needed our love, actually to share love with us. And the good news of Christmas is that God is seeking to share this love by sending his son Jesus. And he did this that first Christmas. He sent him to, as a way of giving himself to us. Let's read those words again, verse 9 to 10 in John. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So we have to ask the question here, don't we? How does God sending Jesus to us at first Christmas prove God loves us? 
Well, I think it does in three ways. I just want to talk to them through quickly. First, the gift of Jesus, the gift of Jesus proves God's love because of who sent the gift. We know the weight of someone's love for us by their status compared to us. So, a Christmas gift given to you by Our Majesty the Queen will mean more to you than if the same gift was given to you by your neighbor. The God who created all things has sent Jesus to us, mere creatures, for such a great God to even bother with us speaks volume of his love. Even if he just gave us a car or something rather than himself, it will still speak volumes because the gap between him and us is infinite. Secondly, the gift of Jesus proves God's love because we, the recipients of this divine love, have no love in us for God. He is not top of our list of love. If we get a Christmas gift from someone this year that we have been nice to this year, it won't prove as much of their love as if we got it from someone we are deeply offended during the year. If we offended someone, they gave us a gift, we know they truly love us. You see, the Bible says God is full of love, beauty, majesty, and goodness. But none of us treat God as he deserves to be treated. We do not give God first place in our lives. And the Bible calls this sin. Uh, sin, you see, is not just doing bad things. It is building your life on anything other than God. And that this makes all of us here sinners before God. Uh, we deserve to be punished by God forever. But the good news of Christmas is that God has sent his son to come as a baby and to grow up as a man and then go to the cross to bear the punishment for our sins so that we may go free. Notice verse 10 there that we read says this, In this is love. Know that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The technical word there, the propitiation, the word propitiation there simply means a sacrifice that bears God's wrath against sinners and turns it round to our favor. Jesus has come to die in your place. Now, at 11 a.m. on 24th of March, 2018, earlier this year, a terrorist stormed a supermarket in Treves. This is in France. Uh, he shot dead two people and took others hostage. Uh, police started negotiating for the release of the hostages, and this went on for hours. Uh, one of the officers, Arnaud Bertram, decided to offer himself to take the place of the final hostage. After about three hours in this standoff, uh, the terrorist killed Bertrand. He killed this police officer. Eventually, of course, the police stormed the place and uh, killed the terrorist, and everybody was free. An autopsy was done at the end, after you know, Bertrand had passed away. It was done on him, and it showed that he had sustained four bullet wounds but died from stab wounds to his neck. It's not the bullets that killed him. It's the fact that he had fought so bravely, you see, and he was stabbed to the neck. 
As I thought about Arnold Bertram's self-sacrifice, I thought it resembles what Jesus has come to do for us. Jesus has come to die in our place, to take our place, so that we may have life with God, so that we may go free. But in some sense, Bertram's heroic death actually falls far short of what Jesus has done. Because you see, Jesus has not come to die for good people, good citizens. No, the Bible says Jesus has come to die for people who hate his guts. People who walk on the other side of the road when they see God coming. This is the weight of God's love. It is a love for people who don't deserve it. Finally, the gift of Jesus proves God's love for us because of the life-giving benefit it brings to those who truly receive Jesus in their lives. Now, if a neighbor paid off all the debts you have been accumulating during this Christmas spending season, uh, it would mean much more to you, wouldn't it, than if they simply gave you that cheeky gift of a gym membership to kick off your 2019. The other one is a more worthy gift than, 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 than the gym membership. Well, Jesus came that first Christmas to give us something we desperately need. Not only forgiveness of sin, but to live in God, to share in his loving life. Did you notice verse 9 says, In this the love of God was made manifest, that God sent his only Son into the world. Why? So that we might live through him. I want you to imagine with me a person under the penalty of death who is also infected with a terminal illness. Okay? So if this person is simply released from prison, it would do him no good uh, because he's going to die anyway. But if the person is cured of the disease but kept under the death penalty, it would do him no good either because he's going to die anyway. So what this person needs who suffers for this issue of both the death penalty and this terminal illness, they need to be pardoned and they need to be healed. We are that person. Uh, we need God not only to forgive our rebellion against him by Jesus dying for us. We need God to infuse in us new life by his Holy Spirit. And this is what God does when we surrender our lives to him. And Jesus plugs us into the very eternal love of God, the loving life of God you now begin to share in his love that never runs out. Now every year, John gives his wife Sue lovely flowers with a note written on them, my love for you grows. In 2012, John passes away after 46 years of marriage. Ten months later, Sue receives gorgeous flowers addressed to her. From John. She is very angry and calls the florist to complain about this terrible mistake. How can this happen? Is this some sort of sick joke? Well, the florist says, no, it's not a mistake. You see, before he died, your husband prepared for many years and asked us to continue sending you flowers every day on this date. And so Sue hears this and she's in tears. And as she looks at the card which has come with the flowers, she reads it and she turns it on the other side 
And he says, my love for you is eternal. And as I thought about it, I thought, this is wonderful, isn't it? This is what we all wish, uh, to, to have such love with somebody who thinks so much of us, that even in their death, they send us flowers, prearranged. And I think that's wonderful. But you see, the good news of Christmas is that God is actually offering us love greater than John's love for Sue. Christmas is God giving himself to you as the eternal bouquet of love. God is offering his love, not with roses or gifts that just last for Christmas, for one Christmas. God is offering himself to you in Jesus. And his gift is not red roses, but with red blood. Not in a vase, but on a bloody cross. You see, this baby Jesus who came to us that first Christmas, he grew up. He lived a perfect life. And he walked to the cross to die for your sins and mine. So whatever your situation, this love of God answers your deepest longings. It is the answer to your inner longing for perfection in people. People would never let us down. It is the answer to your inner longing for unconditional love. To have someone in your life who loves you for you, who accepts all your mess and still loves you. To have someone in your life who knows all about your secret thoughts, your secret sins, your doubts, your fears, and still loves you. To have someone who not only forgives every wrong, no matter how much you mess up, but also declares you perfect forever. This is the love of Christmas. This is the good news of Christmas. It is that you can have this unconditional love of God in Jesus. And if you truly surrender your life to Jesus, if you truly turn to him today, Christmas says to us, look, you don't have to live in denial. You don't have to excuse your sins. Uh, you don't have to point fingers and blame others. You don't have to end your way to God by doing good deeds or attending church. No, all you need is to come to Him, Him, Jesus. Flawed, broken, and sinful as we are, and God won't turn you away. There is no sin too great that the love of Jesus cannot overcome. There is no secret too deep that the blood of Jesus cannot wipe away. All sinners are now welcome to God because God has sent the gift of Jesus to us. But we have to receive the gift. We have to come to him in true repentance and surrender. Those who reject the gift will live separate from God forever. But if we accept this gift, we are not only forgiven of sin, we are now sharing the very life of God. So come now to God this Christmas. Surrender your life to God based on what Jesus has done for you. Accept this true and sensational love of Christmas. Amen.